Hi there, thanks for joining us today. So seven years ago, our church went through uh, this huge transition when two sister churches came together to form a new church. And we really believe it was God's wisdom to uh, create something new, to strengthen us so that we could be better equipped for the mission that God had called us to. And I can remember preaching on the text, Moses, my servant is dead. And I just felt we should return to that story today because here we are in the midst of another big transition, uh, you know, through a big upheaval, really. And in the midst of it all, you know, we're needing to hear God's voice and to follow his lead because after all, you know, we are his people and it's his mission that we are engaged in. There is a mission field that he's called us to go to, both locally and globally, in which there is a harvest that he wants to give to us. And so I'm going to read now uh, from Joshua 1. It says here, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. This was actually the very text that God used to speak to um, me and my family about coming to the States, which was uh, 18 years ago this exact week. Uh, it's a time of huge transition for us, a whole new chapter uh, in our lives. And that's what we see here. It's a whole new chapter in the story of God's people. Uh, all their wandering in the wilderness had now come to an end. They were coming into something new. Uh, there was a land to possess. And for us too, you know, there's a territory he wants us to possess. There's enemy territory to be reclaimed. Many lives that God is wanting to deliver from darkness. But you know, it's going to involve transition in leadership and in location, just like we see in this story. And so I just want to highlight a couple of things here that I, I feel would be helpful for us uh, in this season. Uh, but first of all, I just want you to notice that it starts with God speaking. One of the things we see over and over again in the scriptures is that whenever something new or significant happened, it's because God spoke. You know, all of creation came into being because God spoke. It was the first chapter. And then when God was going to do a new thing, he spoke to Abraham. Another chapter began when he spoke to Moses in the burning bush. Uh, and then later on in the story, when Israel was at a low ebb, the priesthood was corrupt, God spoke to a young boy, Samuel. It was the beginning of a whole new era that brought in the kingdom of David. And then if we jump ahead in the story, uh, at the beginning of the New Testament, after about 400 years of silence, suddenly God begins to speak again uh, through dreams and visions and angels. You know, he's about to do a new thing with the coming of Jesus. And it doesn't end there. 
You know, it continues on through the history of the church. God spoke to Peter in a vision. It led to the gospel breaking through into the Gentile world. God spoke to Paul in a vision that interrupted his plans, took the gospel to Europe for the first time. It was another new chapter. It's been like that for us, you know, in New Frontiers, the uh, family of churches that we're a part of. Uh, now some 2,000 churches in over 70 nations. But, you know, every advancement, every season of growth and expansion has come because God spoke. It's God who takes the initiative. And so we've got to keep reminding ourselves, you know, it's God's mission that we are participating in. You know, the, the church exists for his mission. And while we can come up with good ideas and plans and strategies and you know, all of those things, they have their place. Yet, when God speaks, get ready. Because so often, his plans are not what we had in mind. So, you know, for us, we believe that God had been speaking to us as a church, you know, about multiplying ourselves across the seacoast to reap the harvest that he was giving us. Uh, we shared that vision at the beginning of January. You know, we, we prayed into it, started making plans, and then COVID-19 hit. And, and now I think we're realizing that, that God is working out his purposes in ways that maybe we could never have imagined or planned for. You know, he's, he's doing a new thing. But in order for us to embrace the new thing, we've got to say goodbye to the old. So when God spoke to Joshua at the beginning of this new chapter in their story, what was it he said? He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise, go over the Jordan River, you and all the people. And there's two things I really want to highlight there. All right. First thing God says is Moses is dead. Now, that must have seemed a rather negative and obvious statement, don't you think? I mean, everyone knew Moses was dead. I mean, the, the whole nation must have been mourning and grieving. It was such a loss for them, right? Moses had been their leader for 40 years. He had led them out of slavery. He'd been their mediator before God. And under his leadership, they'd seen incredible things happening. You know, the parting of the Red Sea, manna from heaven, water coming from a rock. And yet he made some mistakes. You know, he was only human, but even so, they loved him. They trusted him. They felt secure with him. I mean, who could fill the shoes of Moses? And so there must have been all kinds of uh, questions and emotions about kind of leaving that chapter behind them with all the uncertainty of what lay ahead. And just spare a thought for Joshua. I mean, imagine being him as assistant to Moses. He was like uh, the vice president. Probably thought Moses would go on forever. Yet now he was gone. I mean, it must have been terrifying. So the first thing that God says is Moses is dead. He's not just stating the obvious. He's making a point. He's kind of, he's underlining something here. He's saying, look, this is the end of a chapter. It's time to turn the page. It's time to put the past behind you and look to me, says the Lord. You can't look to Moses anymore. Right? You can't look to the way things once were. You've got to look to me right? as you embrace the future. Now, of course, in the process of uh, turning that page, there's often a grieving that takes place, just as uh, all of Israel would have grieved the death of Moses. You know, when there is uh, transition and change, 
from the way things were, things that we've perhaps come to rely on and trust, you know, the good memories that we have, you know, we feel that sense of loss, don't we? And for many people, you know, there is a grieving in that. Uh, you know, I think we've all experienced it to some degree because of COVID-19. It's why I'm so uh, grateful to Anna and Sarah for their series of devotionals on lament, right? It's not a subject we hear much about, but it's very biblical. And it's an important part of our experience. Uh, it's a necessary part of being able to move on, you know, being able to uh, lament the things that we have lost. Uh, not that everyone feels the same way, of course, you know, that's almost certainly true in our church, where some, I think, are feeling a huge sense of loss, remembering what it was like, you know, when we're all together, worshipping as one body, you know, be able to see each other every week with our kids enjoying the children's ministry with their friends and so on and and yet there are probably others who are a bit more ambivalent maybe even happy to move on to something new and so you know we need to have grace and understanding for one another uh, we need to be sensitive and bear with each other not everyone's experience is going to be the same so i just want to ask you you know how are you handling things right now would you like someone maybe to talk to about uh, how you're feeling because you know i would be very happy to listen as would all the members of our pastoral team so you know please do reach out to us or maybe to a group leader that you trust you know because grieving can be an important part of transitioning but at the same time we can't just stay in that place you know, we can't keep living in the past. If you, if you keep looking in your rearview mirror, you're going to crash. Uh, we can't just cling on to those experiences that we've been uh, familiar and comfortable with. In order to embrace the new thing that God is doing, we've got to be able to put the past behind us and say Moses is dead. And so for our church, you know, I'm not just talking about our current situation and uh, the limitations that we're experiencing because of the coronavirus. You know, I'm sure that there will come a time when we can all gather again in large numbers uh, without any restrictions. But the thing is, the church would already have moved on by then, right? We'd already sensed God speaking to us about multiplying ourselves across the seacoast, uh, about uh, a younger generation coming through to exercise leadership. So whatever happens, we can't go back to what we had. It won't look the same. All that's happened is that the coronavirus has accelerated that transition. And I'm sure that God's hand has been in that, you know, to uh, bring us to a place that we might never have got to otherwise. Because it's, you know, so easy, isn't it, to grow comfortable, to settle for what we know, for what is familiar, Sometimes it needs a crisis to bring us into the new things, into the good things that God has for us. And that could be true uh, for us as individuals uh, as well as corporately. As we see in history, you know, it's often been times of uh, crisis and change that's led individuals as well as the church to accomplish great things in God's purposes. As we'll see in our new series of messages on the book of Acts, you know, it took the crisis of persecution to get the church out of Jerusalem and multiplying across the world. It was the start of a new chapter. 
And yet, it was the same story. It was the same God who was with them, just as he was with Joshua, just as he is with us. You know, but that time of transition, that turning of the page to a new chapter, it can be painful at times because there are good things so often that you leave behind. Now, if turning the page involves putting the past behind us, it also involves trusting God for what lies ahead. You know, we need faith for the future, for the new thing that God is doing. And that's the second thing that I see here. God said to Joshua, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise, go over the Jordan River, you and all the people. Now, what we've got to understand here is that uh, what God was asking Joshua to do was impossible, right? If you know the story, you'll know the river was in full flood. There was no way across. And we're not just talking about a few people trying to get across this kind of raging river. We're talking about a whole nation. In fact, we're told there were about 600,000 fighting men. So scholars estimate it would have been about 2.5 million people in all. Women, children, the elderly, the infirm, you know, with all their livestock, all their worldly possessions. And so their very first step into this new chapter could not be accomplished by their own strength or ingenuity. Right? What God intended for them could not be accomplished without God acting. It required a miracle. You see, it's not by might, nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. In order for Joshua and the people of Israel to step into God's promises, it required them to depend on God and to trust God for the way ahead. And I think it's so important for us to understand this if we're truly going to follow God in his mission. You know, if we're going to see lives changed, uh, communities transformed, new frontiers reached, it cannot be accomplished by our own strength and ingenuity. I mean, we can settle for less, right? We can settle for just having well-run meetings where uh, we get well-fed and comfortable and attract other Christians who are looking for the same thing. And, you know, in recent years, there's been quite an emphasis on that in the American church. But I don't know about you, I don't want to settle for just having, a, you know, a g- gathering a crowd, having a worship experience. Because God says, arise and go. Right? He says, I've called you to so much more than that. I've got an inheritance for you. A great harvest of souls. You know, there's, there's an enemy to be dispossessed. Lives and communities to be reclaimed. I've called you to take up your cross and follow me in my mission, says the Lord. Right? And it's when you follow me on mission that you will see what I can do. For I will be with you, says the Lord. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? I don't know about you. I, I don't want to settle for anything less. And I really do believe there are going to be miracles in this next chapter as we see the kingdom of heaven invade the earth. But it means we've got to listen to God. We've got to uh, follow his leading. And we need to trust him to do the impossible. Like when Jesus told his disciples, you know, take uh, these five loaves and two fishes and go feed 5,000 people. Right? We need to walk by faith if we're going to see God's kingdom come. And that is what God was teaching Joshua when he said, lead this people across the Jordan River. 
And of course, in the old era, Moses had been the great man of faith. He'd led the people through the Red Sea. But Moses was dead. And now Joshua was needing to exercise faith. You know, he couldn't look to Moses anymore. He had to look to God now. And every generation has to look to God. They can't just look at, you know, what's gone before. They can certainly learn from the example of those who've gone before them. But what their example should teach them is you need to look to God. You need to listen to him. You need to trust him, follow him. You see, that's what all of our younger leaders are needing to learn right now. But it's the same for every one of us, as individuals and as a church. It's like we're standing here on the, on the banks of the River Jordan. The promised land is on the other side. The page is turning. It's the beginning of a whole new chapter. And we don't know what lies ahead. But there are new things that have been written for our lives. I truly believe that, right? It's not just a new chapter in our church, but for our lives. Because you can't separate the two, right? We're all members of Christ's body. We're all living stones in God's temple. This affects every one of us. There are new things that God is wanting to do in us and through us, right? We're coming into a new chapter. And there's going to be new gifts, new works, new opportunities, as well as new challenges. You know, there'll be situations we face, things he's calling us to do that are beyond us, things that cannot be accomplished apart from the intervention of God. And we can either settle on this side of the Jordan River and stay with what is familiar, or we can say, Lord, we're following you. Our eyes are on you. We want to depend on you. Dangerous prayer, that. Lord, teach us to depend on you. Scary, actually, because it puts us into kind of situations that we can't control or solve. That's why God says to Joshua, you know, be strong, be courageous. Are you ready to be courageous? It's going to require faith. It means trusting God. We don't know what lies before us. We don't know exactly what things are going to look like. It will be different, but we can trust that God knows what he's doing. We can trust that he is with us, that he is for us, and he's wanting to do amazing things among us. Do you believe that? Joshua did. Before they crossed the Jordan River, he said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you and so the next day the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant which uh, represented the presence of God they went before the people and as they stepped into the river the water was cut off from flowing it was kind of piled up on one side and the priests went in stood in the middle of the riverbed until the whole nation of Israel, 2.5 million people, had passed through on dry ground. No one was left behind. Everyone entered the promised land. And that's what God wants for us, his church. You know, this isn't about a few risk takers. It's about a people following God together. But it does mean we've got to be considerate of one another. Right? We need to help one another. We need to wait for one another and, and bear with one another. And it might mean making sacrifices for one another, right? To be sure that we all get across together. The old, the young, you know, the weak, the infirm, we go together. Consecrate yourselves, says the Lord, for tomorrow 
I will do wonders among you. Amen. God bless you this week.